You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. All right. Welcome back to the United States of Women for mm-hmm. our eighth and final episode of this first season. And I thought it would be poignant since we started the season with Annie Jump Cannon, mm-hmm. the amazing stellar scientist, that we end with a Delaware scientist. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Jarvis is in the middle of trying to <laughs> eat, eat a, a bag. tote bag, yeah. There we go. All right. So... <laughs> Today we're going to be sta- we're going to be talking about Stephanie Kowalk, mm. and I'm going to apologize at the beginning of this episode. There are a ton of science terms, there are a ton of <laughs> unique names. I am going to butcher all of it. Oh dear! It's just I am certain that there are going to be chemists who are listening to this, or chemist enthusiasts who are listening to this, who are going to want to smack me. So I apologize. <laughs> In the beginning, at the outset, at my awful pronunciations. So, Stephanie Kowalk is best known as the inventor of Kevlar. Ooh. Okay. Which you may know is Bulletproof Vests. Bulletproof Vests. <laughs> Bulletproof Vests. Wow. She, yeah. your, your first mispronunciation in its vest. Yep. I told you it's going to be one of those, one of those episodes. Um, additionally, she also... You can thank her for your yoga pants, as she also invented spandex. Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, Kevlar is, was her first big one. Mm-hmm. So that's the one we're going to focus on when we get to that point today. So I want to start with a little bit about Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie Kowalk was born July 31st, 1923. In New Kensington, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents were Polish immigrants. Her father was a uh, naturalist uh, by hobby, and he spurred her interest in science. All right. He unfortunately died when she was 10. Oh. So her mother went from being a housewife to a career woman by necessity mm-hmm. and became a seamstress. When Stephanie uh, got older, she first considered a career as a fashion designer, but uh, in true motherly fashion, her mom uh, advised her that she was too much of a perfectionist and would likely starve in such a career, (laughs) which I'm just like, I'm like, hmm, sounds oddly familiar. (laughs) So instead, she decided to study chemistry because that that goes with fashion designing right i would say especially at the time yes because like nylon was created and so we will actually get there yeah um so she attended the margaret morrison carnegie college of carnegie mellon university (laughs) please don't ask me to repeat that because I was really proud of myself for just saying Carnegie and not Carnegie. Um, (laughs) 
which she graduated uh, with a BS in science in 1946. Initially, Stephanie wanted, had planned to become a doctor and hoped to pay for medical school with a temporary job at DuPont in New York City. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was interviewed by William Charch, uh, the head, the director of research for that office, Mm -hmm. and Charch was in fact the inventor of nylon. Oh, well. Previous years. Look at that. He would go on to become her mentor. Uh, They had vacancies open in DuPont uh, in the research department due to uh, men that had typically filled those jobs being overseas in World War II. Mm Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. At the end of the interview, uh, Church had told Stephanie that she would hear from them within a few weeks as to whether she had got the job. She responded that she had another job offer and insisted that he make a decision sooner. So with Stephanie sitting in the room, he pulled a secretary in and dictated a job offer letter on the spot. All right. Uh, Kowalk said, suspected that her assertiveness was what had influenced him to offer her the job. Four years later, she moved with DuPont to Wilmington, Delaware, is how we get her in our Delaware uh, season, where she spent the remainder of her career with DuPont. Uh, She became so interested in the polymer research that DuPont was having her complete, and she found it so challenging that she decided to drop her plans for medical school and make chemistry her lifelong career. All right. So what started as a temporary job became a permanent career choice. Lucky for DuPont. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because... In 1965, in anticipation of fuel shortages, DuPont began searching for a next-generation, high-performance, lightweight fiber which could replace the steel wire in tires that that was used to hold tires to their shape and ensure better fuel economy. Mm -hmm. Kowalk was tasked with synthesizing long-chain aromatic polymerides. What that means, I still don't know. And I have multiple papers. It's, it's basically plastic. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's man-made plastic, microplastics. Just, yeah. this was the boom of the plastic industry. Exactly. And, yeah. The uh, Kevlar, the super tough fiber article mm-hmm. that I uh, found to give me most of my information about Kevlar calls them a so an aramide an aromatic polyamide aramide for short mm-hmm. is a fiber in which the molecules form long highly oriented chains yes okay. so I am sure that I probably should have gotten like an actual like we, we should have, we should have included like an actual chemist on this podcast. Well, I feel like it's basically like it's super thin but it's tough. Exactly. Like it's it's like um like an ant. Ants yeah. are super tiny but they can carry like what is it 500 times their weight or something. Like they are the toughest animal around even though they're so teeny tiny. Right. It's exactly. like along the lines of that. But so what the what the synthesizing involved was dissolving the aramides mm-hmm. into solvents and then spinning the resultant solutions into fibers. So you had to like melt the hardened 
product down and then spin it into long fibers. So while she was carrying out this research, she actually ended up producing a solution that was unlike the syrup-like polymer solutions that they had discovered before. Mm-hmm. And this one was thin, and they describe it as similar to buttermilk in appearance. Okay. So like as opposed to being thick and gloopy, it was super thin. Thin, yeah. Um, it was so odd that the coworker who was in charge of spinning the solutions initially refused for fear that it would gunk up the machine and prevent and cause you know, thousands of Issues, dollars yeah. of damages. <laughs> she finally convinced him to spin it. And to everybody's surprise, the solution spun easily into strong, stiff fibers, which we know today as Kevlar. So... Kevlar is, in fact, a name brand of DuPont. Like, it is a um, patented material. Mm. So, there are several grades of Kevlar available. Kevlar 29, 49, 100, 119, 129, and AP. Uh, So, Kevlar uh, K29 is what's used in industrial applications like the cables or asbestos replacement. Okay. Brake linings and body vehicle mm-hmm. armor. So this is the form of Kevlar that has more of a metal or like metallic-y feel to it. Okay. Uh, Kevlar f- uh, 49 is what's used in cable and rope products because it's got a little more stretch, stretch. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh K100 is the colored version of Kevlar. So that's where you get all your pretty colors because apparently that's a thing we need. (laughs) Um, Kevlar uh, K119 has a higher elongation, so the fibers are stretched even thinner, Mm -hmm. making it more flexible and um, fatigue resistant. And then Kevlar K129 is is used in the ballistic, so in the, the bulletproof vest, bulletproof vest. applications. Mm. Okay. Um, so apparently Kevlar is a type of aramide that has long polyrimic chains that are parallel in orientation. I mean, all of this is gibberish to me, but like <laughs> I'm looking, I like was looking at the pictures and I was like, okay, so they like run along each other and then they like hook on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I I almost, like, picture um, Velcro. You yeah. Know how, like, you, it, they, like, hook into like, each like other. Like, hook into each other and grip each other. So, like, at a, at a chemical level, Kevlar is polymers that when they rub up against each other, they get hooked. Mm-hmm. I guess. Which... I'm sure somebody out there is going to be like, no, you don't understand any of it. But... <laughs> That's what I take away from all of these scientific papers. Like, I I was trained how to read really well, but none of this is English to me. <laughs> um, so, unlike most plastics, it doesn't melt. It uh, really only decomposes at uh, 850 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how hot you have to get it to melt Kevlar. Yep. Uh, which makes it 
Even then it would just turn into like a goop though. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it can withstand cold temperatures up to negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, cool. Yeah, so it doesn't cause, there's no discoloration due to UV lights. It can resist attacks from different chemicals. And it remains virtually unchanged after exposure to hot water for more than 200 days. Yeah. Like, it's super duper important. Um, So, because I think when most people think of Kevlar, they think of its use in body armor. Mm -hmm. But it's also got a lot of automotive uses and composite uses so it we use them for our airplanes aircraft cabin flooring and interiors are all Mm -hmm. really made of kevlar landing gear doors wing boxes uh engine parts (laughs) tires which is what they were originally searching for anyway Mm -hmm. um sports equipment personal electronics Air pack harnesses, uh, fire-resistant mattresses, ropes, and cables. Um, a Kevlar is actually what allows us to have fiber optic cables that cover long distances because it doesn't deteriorate in the environment areas, which, you which know, is kind of sort of a catch-22. <laughs> yes, and I would like to say, because I did take sustainability as an elective in college, like these things, nylon, Kevlar, spandex, they do not disintegrate naturally. The natural world looks at it, doesn't know what the crap it is, and just leaves it alone, basically. But currently, because we realized that problem, because like, like I said, it was a huge plastic booms, and yeah. because it works so well for everything that we need to have the life that we lead nowadays, and it's so cheap to make, too, um, we have so many of it, the world can't get rid of it, but we don't necessarily use it anymore either yeah. for some of these things. Um, so chemistry has now taken to the side of, yes, we still use these products, but now we're trying to create ways t- for it to destroy plastics that are no longer needed to be used. So, And I do know there is a group of chemists, and I can't remember where, and I'm sure it's a big group, and I'm sorry, but I have heard about it that they have found a chemical or some sort that can eat plastics well that's super that. helpful and there is also like for if you're like yoga pants they're like they fill your water when you wash them with microplastics and which is a problem because it's now also discovered that us as humans have microplastics floating around in us and we don't know what the crap that's going to do to us oh, so my. yes but there are like and I also it's something I forget the name of so please research yourself <laughs> like there are like filters you can put in your washing machine to that will take out microplastics from the water and there's just sustainability and just the ability to live with plastics is changing and just yeah just just know there is always like with anything man-made there's just always gonna be something bad like there are always positives and negatives (laughs) yes like kevlar is amazing um bulletproof vests have saved lives and it's helped the tire industry it's i'm sure it's helped build awesome better safer airplanes and all that stuff but no, it does come at a cost, and the cost is our environment. And but we can find ways to fix that as well using 
the same method that we use to create these things. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um that's a little bit about Kevlar. Um it's got a ridiculous amount of applications. I literally could not list them all because I like started to try compiling a list from all my various sources and I'm like I'm my eyes went cross. Um mm-hmm. but Stephanie Kulk would continue to go on and she filed her name is filed under um 28 different patents during mm-hmm. her lifetime okay Ooh. some of the other big ones uh include spandex so she is the inventor of spandex and nomex which is the fire retardant uh fabric used in firefighter um uniforms i am all for nomex thank you for protecting firefighters <laughs> uh so uh Kulk eventually retired from DuPont in 1986. Uh, During her lifetime and her time at DuPont, she also served on the National Research Council and the National Academy of Sciences. Okay. uh, As one of the few women uh, to be awarded those. Um, She has received ridiculous amounts of awards uh she received the national medal of technology the perkin medal which is apparently the highest award in american industrial chemistry Mm -hmm. the chemical pioneer award of the american institute of chemists the howard n potts medal for engineering in 1994, she was admitted to the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And in 1995, she became the fourth... Uh, well, and so that was in 1995, 1994. And she was only the fourth woman to have ever been inducted into the Inventors Hall of Fame. She was the only... As of 2014, when she died, she was the only female to receive the uh, Levisier Medal from DuPont for outstanding technical achievement uh, as a persistent experimentalist and role model whose discovery of liquid crystalline polymerides led to Kevlar aramide fibers. Yeah, that's that's a sentence. That's that's supposedly (laughs) in the English language. Uh, (laughs) So she, that is... A little bit about Stephanie Kulk. She died in two, June 18th, 2014. A, uh, I think my favorite line from any of the biographical articles I read. A modern day alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> Which for those of you who haven't been listening, go back and listen to our Love of Pages podcast where mm-hmm. we deal with another alchemist in one of our fictional books. Yep. So... That is Stephanie Kolk. Uh, in terms of citations, I found Stephanie Kolk, of course, on the Delaware uh, Women's Hall of Fame because gotta have gotta have a good list to go off of. Uh, obviously, went through her Wikipedia page as is my standard protocol to get ideas of where to go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Royal Society of Chemistry. Uh, has a wonderful article on her, as does the famousscientists.org, uh, The Art of Genius. 
further uh, the Science History Institute, the Encyclopedia Britannica, and the Smithsonian Magazine also all do uh, pretty spectacular overviews of Stephanie Kwolk and her amazing achievements. So, you know, when your mother says maybe don't become a fashion designer, Mm -hmm. it's solid to listen to her. Like, she might have something there. (laughs) Maybe your job is not not to be a world-renowned fashion designer, but to be a pioneer in plastic sciences. Yep. (laughs) So... That is Stephanie Kulk. Uh, any other thoughts? Any other plug-outs to uh, environmental sciences, Jessica? I, 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 I did find um, there, there is a couple brands of like special laundry balls that catch microplastics in your wash. And just, just look up microplastic filter for washing, and there's actually several options and affordable options as well. So, so there you go. We can there all do go. a little something to mm-hmm. do our part. So that way, when we can finally go outside again after COVID, <laughs> that there's still something to go outside to. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, Jessica, where can people find you for a suggestions on... Uh, how to help stave off climate change. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. Let me know your suggestions. Um, also, if TikTok is still a thing, because as of today, somebody's trying to ban TikTok. Um, there is like a ton of people that talk about sustainable practices on TikTok. Um, and of course, their names are going to be blank on my head because I'm really bad at names. But go on TikTok. <laughs> I'm sure hashtag sustainability, like just find ways people are being sustainable. I've been working harder to be more sustainable myself by like reusing bags and stuff like that, reusing jars a lot and trying to not buy as many plastic products as possible. But there you go. Make small changes help the entire world. And yeah. <laughs> I like it. And you can find me at Geek Elite Media. Uh, our Facebook page is forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts can be found on geekelitemedia.com. Mm-hmm. We do have a Patreon page that I keep <laughs> being told to remember to plug. Okay. So uh, there's lots of exciting extra content because I keep finding more and more women to talk about. And eventually we have to move on from Delaware because there are 49 other states, several other territories, and an entire globe of amazing women. So what will be our season two then? So our season two shall be... Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So... The second state of the union, the lovely Pennsylvania, will be our season two. So we'll be back in your podcast feed starting that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully pretty immediately after the conclusion of season one, we will see how long it takes me to get research done. (laughs) Hoping I can get it done fast enough to get you guys some more podcasts in your feed. She is the busiest one of us, and yet she's the one that insists on doing all the research because she wants me to go in like mostly blind to what we're talking about. So... (laughs) Well, because, I mean, the whole thought is is on these, and, you know, if you've got other suggestions, dear listeners, I am all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just figure, you know, I want somebody to represent you in this podcast, and 
you probably have not heard of many of these women, or maybe you have. Maybe I have I'm not. just yeah. the, the it's, it's ostrich like, with my head in yeah, the sand. You, you are the professor as the one who has the historian <laughs> major, and I am the, the student along with all of our audience. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> there we go. So please rate, review, and subscribe mm-hmm. so that hopefully season two we can reach even more people and introduce them to even more amazing women throughout history that you never heard of. Mm-hmm. But until next time, this is the ladies of the United States of Women of the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.